Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. Chocolate ASMR. What are, what are you eating? Chocolate. Getting a good throat coat for our recording. <laughs> it's a professional podcasting technique. Nothing oh, like coating our throats in chocolate and you want some milk too? No, I'm just real stressed. Uh, why? I actually don't know. <laughs> oh, hey, Carling. Hey, Michelle. What are we doing? We're re-recording an re- intro. Re-recording. Yeah, re-re-recording <laughs> our intro for our very first ever episode that we interviewed for. Yes. And then we never, we never published it because. Right. COVID happened and way back in the before times before COVID we had a thought that we were going to launch this podcast and we interviewed some people and we uh yeah we wanted to publish it and we were trying to make sure we had enough episodes before we launched but everything just got busy and crazy and then COVID struck and we had more time yeah so we are um we're relaunching this, but we're keeping our original intro because it's adorable. Yeah, we were super excited. We were so excited. Like, it was our first episode. We were so nervous. Yeah. Um, And our friend Christy was so kind enough to be our kind of guinea pig. Like, yeah, absolutely. We, I just showed up one morning with coffees, and we got to her house, and we just sat at her kitchen table and recorded. Mm-hmm. We had no idea what we were doing. No, we didn't. Um, we still don't. I know. <laughs> we don't. But, so you're going to notice maybe the audio quality is not as good as some of our other episodes. Um, but you know what? Just love us. Just And love- honestly, the story is really good. Oh and my it's, God. It's so crazy. And yeah, we don't want to, we, we didn't want to not share it. Yeah. No, it's so good. I'm really excited to have it um, being uh put out today when you're listening to it so let us know what you think hi carling hey michelle what would you do if one day the police showed up at your house and told you that your husband robbed banks well first of all i'd be like i am a lesbian (laughs) (laughs) and i'd be like my husband's dead what are you talking about (laughs) but christy husband did rob banks and this is her story tell me about meeting your husband what do you remember about meeting him mm, so i met my husband at a fitness club oh which is funny because i don't go to the gym but i worked there and so did he and it was kind of like love at first sight where i was like oh <laughs> i could see him across and anyway so and then we've always just been together since then wow yeah and we've done lots and we've been through lots and okay so the whole story is your husband robbed a bank 
Well, not just a bank. I mean, he robbed three banks. He like went for gold. Yeah, and didn't get gold the first time or the second time or the third. It's a really interesting story. So basically, there is a lot of mental health suffering and issues. Yeah. And, um, well, because I don't think somebody just, no. ah, I'm going to rob a bank. Well, I would hope not. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't the case for him. And um, it could have gone differently. And... So he was going to work, I thought, and he even had like stories, work stories, and you never have a reason to think that your husband's just sitting in their vehicle all day. And yeah. So he, what was what was his job, or that you thought was his job? He's a carpenter, journeyman carpenter. Oh, okay. And never had a hard time with jobs or finding work, but he, uh, I don't know, he got laid off, and his mental health was really poor, and he couldn't. Um, bring himself to go to a job and then he right but then he had to show up with a paycheck right so yeah. he's got really desperate because at this time so it, it all started happening in 2015 2014 2014 in, and so how many kids did you have in 2014 four oh yeah I guess that wasn't that long ago it wasn't that long ago no and so it was I would say it went on for two three months and it was very difficult and there was um, a lot of financial like hardship yeah and so basically what happened is that happened I didn't know it was going on um and we um in January I slid off the road got a little bit of an accident and I had to call the police and so the police had my address they had my husband somehow because I filled out the form yeah Right when we had our first child, um, he changed his um, name legally. And when you do a name change, they do fingerprints. Oh. Okay, so that had happened way many years ago. I have this slide off the road in January after he's done the bank robberies. And um, his last robbery, there was a tracking device. I got his fingerprint and he knew it. And he had thrown it in a garbage can. And um, so that's... They didn't have it. They had knew who it was. They yeah. matched the fingerprints with the database. They didn't have an address. We hadn't <gasps> updated our address. But then I get a car accident. Oh. I update our address. And two weeks later, he's arrested. Yeah. Oh, wow. So everything works. Yeah. I don't know. It's funny. Everything has a reason for happening. So, so walk us through like that day. Because you had sort of in the little story you sent me, it was like 2015. You were home. Yes. So we woke up that day and I thought he was taking the day off to go to court for a ticket that he had. Yeah. But meanwhile, like he had no job, but right. I think, no, he's taking the day off. He runs my daughter to the bus stop who is six that day. It's her birthday <gasps> and doesn't come back. And I'm like, what's going on? This is weird. And then I texted him and his phone's at home plugged in and this is weird he hasn't coming home isn't coming home so I went out and I got dressed and I was with the other kids and I heard like a vehicle running in the back and we didn't have a garage I looked back there's a police van in our back and I was like oh that's really weird and then I look up the front and there's a police car in front and I thought this is strange what's yeah. going on so I went and I opened the door and I looked out and there's nobody I shut it and then two minutes later an officer came knocked on the door said we have your husband he's okay 
but um, there's people coming to search your house. So, <gasps> so they got stay. a search warrant. Yeah. So <clears throat> they said, do you want to stay here or leave? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> meanwhile, like my um, cell phone had either been cut off. Like we were in financial hardship. Yeah. Right? And it was cold. And I thought, uh, okay, yeah, like we can walk to Starbucks and just sit there. But then you have no way of getting a hold of me. And I just don't have money to do anything. So well, and the whole time you're like, why are you searching my house? Yeah. Because you at this point, you don't know why he was arrested? No. And they had my car because he had taken the oh. car oh, yeah, no. to the location, to the bus stop. So I'm just totally confused. Not even an inclination of anything until her radio goes off in her shoulder. And she's, and they say, yeah, the, de- the robbery detective is on his way right now. I'm like, robbery? Like what? Somebody rob him? Yeah. No yeah. clue. Yeah. I don't, and then they come to the door and I remember like there's like a detective, two officers, there's a woman officer standing there with me and this woman in plain clothes and I'm like, she's coming to take my kids away. Oh my god! And I was absolutely terrified. So did you have three kids in the house at the time? Uh, yes. Because my, Allison... son, my son was homeschooling so I had like, yeah, my crazies at home and, and no clue what to do and can't call my husband yeah. yeah so then they sat down on the couch and gave me some papers and they were looking for some items and and i was reading the papers and in a robbery uh, it lists the person you rob not the institution right so um i was like who are these people and so it really threw me off they're like well those are the people he robbed i'm like people yeah and then it listed three and that's when i learned he had done three robberies right but I had no idea, and so I was like, "Yeah, like you can, like whatever you need, like take what what you need." They could, they could see as soon as they walked in the house. Okay, this isn't a family that has robbed the bank to buy a fancy car or yeah. something like that. You know, yeah. like this is a family who, okay, something's different here. And this wife has no idea. Mm-hmm. They were very kind. Um, being my daughter's birthday, he Chris had like thirty bucks in his wallet. That was it, and we were gonna like do something for dinner yeah and I had like no food no money and the I had no landline and the detective who I thought had come to take my children away stood up and was like okay well I'm just gonna go I live nearby here I'm gonna go home see what I have in my cupboard do you guys like spaghetti I was like yeah anything like she went home and got stuff for spaghetti dinner and she got a landline her own personal like old phone she had and brought it back to me like they wow. were extremely kind and then the officer who initially came to the door sat downstairs with my kids and i was just like okay whatever like you don't sink in you don't even know no, you're, you're just like just, okay yeah yeah like yeah. you're you're probably going into trauma mode of like mm-hmm. okay i've got to keep it together for my kids i don't know what's happening with my husband and i'm thinking oh, i'll see him later yeah. yeah yeah so i'm like oh he'll it'll be fine um, and so when did you sort of learn the extent of, because the three robberies didn't happen in a day, right? They happened... They happened over the month of December. I don't remember the exact days. Um, I didn't learn the extent of it really until I spoke to him that evening very quickly on the phone. Because um, he was in like the remand center? He was being questioned. So he was at the police station. Okay. One of the main ones with the detective. And I needed to bring him medication. So I'm like, oh, this is fun. We'll just hop in the vehicle and bring him his medicine. And yeah, this is all good. And oh, we pet a dog outside the police station. Oh, oh family little trip. So we went up to the police station. I dropped it off and met the detective. And 
I had no clue. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I'll see my husband later. And and they sort of alluded to the fact that he was going to go before JP and he should possibly be out in the night. But morning came and he didn't call. He wasn't home. I had no idea. Nobody phones you to tell you stuff. Um, and so I, I talked to him maybe three days later um, at the remand center. I didn't know everything because you can't talk on those phones. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You have to be really careful. So, I mean, in that time, I, I had a friend come over and get groceries for us and look after the kids. And I uh, got a lawyer and, um, and yeah, it was it just sort so of So what were happened. you saying to your friends, you know, that, yeah, how do you make that phone kind call? In that in that moment, to be like, I don't really know what's going on, but my husband's in jail. Like, how yeah. do you kind of have that conversation with people closest to you? Yeah, it was super tricky with my dad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, because my dad eventually went on to pay bail so that Chris could come home and he was going to get mental health help. Yeah. And I needed to talk to him. We needed yeah. to talk. I needed to know what happened. You can't do that when they're behind glass in the remand Absolutely, center. yeah. Um. And so, yeah, I don't know what I said to my friends, but I had to make a lot of phone calls. Somehow Chris's mom knew, I think he was able to call her because he couldn't get in touch with me because of the the cell phone thing. So right. he, she knew and it was just a big mess. I called friends and they're like, hey, I'm coming over right now. They came over and that was that. So being my daughter's birthday, the next day was to be her birthday party. Oh. So we had 13 kids come into the pet store for a birthday party. Um, I had cupcakes to make. I had everything. I It was awful. And uh, I was at the birthday party. And um, I remember my mother-in-law called me. And I'm standing. You know when you get, like, the employees at the store get a call? I'm, like, standing there next to this pillar. And it's my mother-in-law they transferred. <laughs> and she's talking to me about my husband being really angry because I put him in the suicide watch thing. So I had told them you're gonna you should put him in suicide watch because I had no idea yeah. what was going on and I wanted to preserve him so I could get there. And um yeah, apparently the suicide area is very not good. Uh-huh. You take your glasses, you have to be in a dress, mm-hmm. like and go to the bathroom in front of people and so it was very bad. But you know what? He's alive. I'm sorry you're mad, but Yeah. I, I mean when you're blindsided by something that you have yeah. no like you would have no inkling that he would do something like this. And then your, I mean, I, your immediate reaction would be that something is wrong mentally, like something. Is Absolutely. Wrong and he needs to be safe and he needs to be protected. Yeah. So do you know, like, was he successful at robbing the banks? Like, no. did he rob, did he like, yeah. So can you talk a little bit about like, what did that look like? Did he go in guns a blazing with a balaclava? Like, <laughs> you know, like when I think of a bank robbery, well, no, it wasn't that exciting. I mean, he basically Googled like, <laughs> how to rob a bank, how to, yeah. And how to write a note. And, yeah. and they have him standing there in the bank line, waiting, looking up at the camera. They have him walking out. Oh, no. So they showed me these pictures and they're like, is this your husband? Yeah. Like yeah. what are we supposed to say? Yeah. Even if, as you're standing in front of a family picture with him in it. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah, yeah that's him. <laughs> you know, and they show me a picture of his shoes. I'm like, yeah, those are his shoes. So like, well, we know he was wearing them when we picked him up. You know? Yeah. So he wasn't in the right and mindset. Like, it wasn't better at rubbing things. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, no. the amount that he got was like, like 200 
maybe 600 the next time. Right. So I've it's not like at a bank personally. I, yeah. I've been robbed myself and they're not getting much at all. It's no. so interesting. The parallels between like both Michelle and I have worked at banks that have been robbed. Yeah. We're going to interview my dad who was a branch manager and got robbed at gunpoint. Um, and so it's so interesting to like hear this side of it mm -hmm. because I find myself a little bit like rooting for him as you tell me the story. Like, I know that you guys were in need of money. I know that he's not a bad guy. You're not a bad family. And I find myself, even though I know the end of the story, still being like, like, okay, like how much did he get? Like, did it help you pay bills and keep the lights on? And, you know, and then I find also the parallels. So like my back, I was married to a guy who robbed in hindsight, robbed my friends, Michelle, my family, my sister took all this money and I didn't find out until after I left him. And then after I left him, I found out he had an extensive criminal history. Yeah. So what I find interesting is like all these crimes were happening and I had no idea. No, people say, how can you not know? Yeah. Because you you look at people in the best light always. Yeah, like and that's you your partner. Well, and when you, get, when you get married, you trust that that person is going to be truthful to you otherwise you wouldn't marry them you exactly. know like you're under the impression that this is your partner and this is who he is and you know everything's going to be fine but down the line and I mean I can I've experienced this as well um things happen in your life that alter that can alter everything right mm -hmm. so if if you're in financial hardship he's the breadwinner you have four kids at home mm -hmm. um he needs to provide yeah. but there's mental health that is stopping him from providing so his next step is i'm gonna go rob some banks and i'm just I'm gonna, gonna come give it home a with some money yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. i'm gonna come home with some money give it to my wife so we can pay the bills yeah and everything will be fine well and it's interesting because the last one i was so excited to go christmas shopping mm -hmm. and we were waiting for him to come home and <clears throat> And he, he came home, and I can picture it in my head and handed me some cash and said, okay, let's go. And we do this funny thing. We go to the dollar store, and the kids each take turns getting each other gifts. It's yeah. so much fun. So we hopped in the car, and we were going out of our neighborhood, and it's blocked off by police. And there's a police helicopter, <gasps> and there's police everywhere, and they're watching as people come in and out. And, the, and it was because it was of because the... of him, because no he, the, the last um, bank, she had... Um, she was brave. Yeah. And she got a tracker and put it in the bag. Good for her. Yeah. And so he saw wow. the tracker, grabbed it, threw it in the garbage can in the area. So they are right there. Right. So here we are going through this and we're like, oh, what's going on? Imagine, what are they doing? And do so you remember his reaction? Like, was yeah. he kind of, we're just sitting there. Like, like he, he was just as shocked, quote unquote, as, as the rest of you. Or I guess. Going on? And he like, probably didn't. He didn't realize like the magnitude. He's of, just like probably crapping his pants the whole yeah. time, right? Like, and here we are. We've got the money. Yeah, to go Christmas shopping. Yeah, and oh, I have no idea. Gosh. Kids have no idea, yeah. and and I can't imagine like the guilt he was feeling Absolutely. too. Absolutely. So, and can you think back to like the dates that he did the robberies, and like does anything in hindsight? seem like can you think back to like any not red flags but like was he acting weird or mm. one day i went to red deer to meet my family for dinner and he had to work or something like that and i remember being in the church bookstore in red deer because that's 
like a big thing. Like I like to go there being like, yeah, I'm going to buy you this like devotional book and stuff. He was literally sitting in the parking lot getting ready to do it. I oh, found out. wow. Yeah. Um, so we've matched things together and text and stuff. And once it was like, he had to go to the eye doctor yeah. or something. And I don't know what the other one was. I don't remember, yeah. but so then when all this comes out and you're finally learning, you know, what he's done, um, are you just questioning everything? Like everything he's ever said to you, everything he's ever done, or do you feel like it was kind of like in a bubble of this is, this is what it is and, and that's it kind of thing? Or, you know, are you kind of spiraling? Cause I feel like I'd be spiraling. <laughs> I, I feel like I was um, wondering if he was looking for a way out. Mm-hmm. like to leave our family like what what was your intention on in this and i i didn't understand because my brain would never go there yeah and so it was really hard to talk with him we had a lot of talks after he got home just talking 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 asking questions tears and and i was like i was grateful for that opportunity to be able to talk it out and and, and get these answers but <clears throat> Like it didn't end there because then yeah. he's on house arrest. Like he can't leave the house unless he's going to counseling or whatever. Um, so he got out on bail and was given house arrest until the trial. Yeah, they loosened it up about six months before he had um, a curfew. So it was a little bit different then, but yeah, house arrest until it's um, court dates or whatever. Yeah. Um, and he had to meet with somebody, I think like a parole officer or something like that. Yeah. So it was really difficult. It was hard. Yeah. Cause now was... you're in the house mm-hmm. with this spouse who completely betrayed you and, mm-hmm. you know, like spent, spent, sent you spiraling. Yeah. And I never took it personally and I'm not sure why I didn't go there. I didn't, I didn't think like you betrayed me. Right. You did this to me, did this to us. It was always like, this is a situation. And, um, and I remember like he had to have police to come and check on him. And that was really unpleasant because the kids are at home and he has to answer the door at all hours of the day, Yeah, be available. And I remember like driving by a police car on the road on the way to counseling and having like a panic attack. I couldn't look at police officers. Right. That, was, mm-hmm. that was something bad. And so we worked really hard to tell the kids, police are good. Police are yes. yeah. yeah. They're only, you know, they, this is their job and it's a tricky job. And, I didn't want them to think police tear families apart because they do not. Right. No, right. the crimes do and, and whatnot. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. And so I went to counseling and he went to this like counseling and he had to do like a pre-sentencing report. We had no idea of the lingo and how things were going on. And we just wanted to prolong how, how much longer he could stay home. Right. Yeah. And um, so it was really difficult and court was not nice. And did you go to the trial? So there wasn't a trial. There isn't a discovery of facts because he signed some piece of paper. I don't remember what it was called, but basically like agreeing that on everything. And um, then it was just sentencing left to do. We had really hoped that he was going to get under two years because then it's left in provincial and the judge right. can get um, give you like a community service. Mm-hmm. But I've also read that you can get upwards of 15 to 18 years. Wow. And did he... Um, when he was doing the robberies, did he say that he had a weapon? Um, I think the note had that in okay. it. I'm not sure. And that's a good point. I was just thinking that because yeah. it's, um, if then it's considered armed robbery. Right. And when I, when I was robbed, um, at the bank, um, 
that's what he had said that he had a weapon even though he didn't Mm -hmm. and so once you kind of put that part into it then your sentencing can be longer because you are you know technically doing an armed robbery you're threatening yeah absolutely and that's what the charge was and then there was also um because there's three that's considered a serial oh wow two is like two yeah three is like he has intention to do he's gonna right and that was really bad so i mean the judge was like i see you i see who you are but i still know what's been done right now and so in the end he ended up getting four years and wow and did he serve all four years no so that's a funny thing so he he had four years and he served 11 months and then he was out on day parole and it's not typical. Is day parole where he go? He reports back to jail at night? Nope. So he came out into our community, lived at a halfway house, had to have a job, had to pay them, had to do certain things to get certain privileges. Um, yeah. So he came back and lived in Calgary? or he was... Yeah. It was a very interesting situation because he had to leave. He had to go back for 10 p.m. every night. So wow. he would come and he would, like, he would go to work and... Um, one thing that I did right away is I got like a tracking device yeah. on him. So I knew what he was doing, where he was, where he was, where he said he was. Um, why are you over here? There's a lot of mistrust. Well, you don't oh. want to be blindsided again, right? Yeah. No, like, no, I don't want to be blindsided with anything. Yeah. And there was like, it's almost like little things kept happening again to blindside me. And um, it was scary. How did he feel about that aspect of it? You tracking him? Um, did he feel, was he kind of resentful towards it or did he understand why you were doing it? He understood why. And even there's been times where I, like, I still have the have it. Yeah. yeah. And so like, he knows why he knows, like there's certain things that he has to just relinquish to the fact that yes, I'm not going to trust. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be situations where I'm going to like, be like, where are you? What are you doing? And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, can I see your paycheck? Can I see your bank account? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was such a mess. When you have to go into a bank to cancel your husband's bank account of the bank that he robbed, yeah. it's a tricky thing. Yeah. Because yeah. they look at you and you don't tell me that there's no notes on that. Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. No, for there's sure. Yeah, there's no. And here's the poor wife standing there canceling the bank account. Yeah. That's like, yeah, you know, and um, yeah, there's so many different things that go. So then uh, he went to prison on June 29th, 2016. And I didn't talk to him until he got dropped off at Drumheller. Um, I decided to take the kids swimming one afternoon and he decided to call while we were swimming. And so I was able to call back and talk to the manager. And thankfully he took pity on me and gave me, like said, yes, your husband's here and, and whatever. And then I had to wait three months for him to call me. Wow. Because he, he has to put in a request to be able to call my number. They have to call me and say, hey, do you want to be called by this person? Right. So then I could, I was writing letters and receiving letters. And uh, yeah, we couldn't talk. And he managed to call once. And um, yeah, like it was a big. And how awkward is that conversation, right? The first time you talk to him being like, how's prison? Like, yeah, like you just... want to get everything in. Like, yeah. oh, how's this? What's this? And, and then... Um, and you want him to talk to the kids and yeah. fill him in on everything that's going on with them. And Yeah, and, it was yeah. tricky. And then yeah. me- meanwhile, I'm paying so that he can phone us. I'm sending money to him in prison. 
So that's another thing. He got yeah. under $2,500, like under 2000 I think they put it up. And because um, there was some American money. Um, anyways, uh, this cost me, like, his wage for all the, that time that he was away. It cost me, I had to send in money for him for his canteen to buy extra supplementary groceries. I had to send in money anytime we went to visit. I had to pay for us to drive to Drumheller and back. Mm -hmm. And snacks for the kids uh when you go visit there's a vending machine and you're allowed to take money and so i had to always have change for the vending machine mm -hmm. and that and um there's so much that i paid for and are you working at this time no. like so I wasn't working like how does well, how, i mean how could you no but pay? like yeah on one hand like how could you work but on the other hand, like, how did you survive financially? Well, and we hadn't done our taxes for a while. So I managed to do a taxes and get a, a large tax, like, amount back. And that came in and that was good. And I had an amazing church family. And money just came when I needed money. And I just were, were Christians and I gave it to God. Um, just cried out. And this is, I can't do this anymore on my own. Yeah. Take it from me. I'm not designed to do this. And my goodness, people would walk by me and give me 50 bucks at church. I'd be like, oh, that's great because I'm on empty and I didn't know if we could get home on right. the gas tank. Right. Like just amazing things um, happened. And so like, I always think of that one um, teller who put the tracking device in and all of those things that led up to getting caught, you know, that this happened and it changed their life. And, and do you think he would have kept doing it if he hadn't got caught? I would say so. Because um, I remember saying to the detectives, he gets paid on Monday. They're like, no, he doesn't. I'm like, yeah, he gets paid on Monday. And I didn't know at that time he didn't have a job. And so I don't know where the money was coming from. There was borrowing from family and things like that. And yeah. Then, um, and I can't imagine the stress of that all. But we were months behind on rent and we were <clears throat> everything. We had nothing. Yeah. Um, and then... I'm left with feeding these kids and transporting them and making all these decisions. And um, I was grateful for the time that he was home and doing that. But then when he went away, it was like a big iron door closed. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm on. Yeah. Propane runs out. I have to fix like propane on the barbecue, light bulbs. How do I switch light bulbs? Yeah. Like, it's like really like thinking like I got to take control of everything. Um, I kind of just let him do the banking. We had a joint account and I let him do the banking. I assumed he was doing it. Yeah. I had to take over that and had to take over all those big adulting things. Yeah. I had to be an adult. And That's interesting because I remember thinking back uh, on that time and, and thinking about you and how you were doing with all these kids and your husband being gone and thinking, I can't imagine and that's unbelievable and and now that's my life and it's you know it's so true all the things that you um don't really you know I had to clean out the garage the other day just so I could park it in and and it's hard not to get resentful about those kind of things because you're like if you were here you know mm -hmm. you could help me and yeah. and I'm sure you felt like that too you know in in certain situations where your kids won't go to bed or they're having a tantrum or you know you have so much work to do yeah. And you're probably thinking, like, what, you know, what the heck? Like, and, like, why? really, truly, like, you didn't sign up for this, yeah. you know? like I did not sign <laughs> up for you, Robin. Thanks. <laughs> like, you signed up for a life with your partner. Yes. And you created this family based on what you two wanted. And, you know, and, you know, his intentions came from a good place. Really, truly, I get the sense that 
you know, he was desperate and he was not well mm -hmm. mentally and he's, he needed to provide for you, you know? Yeah. And there's never a question. Like, I think my family fully expected me to like automatically divorce. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, no, like I never even thought of that. Like I, I remember saying from the first words is what have you done? And then he's like, kind of alluded to the fact like are you gonna leave or whatever and i was like no like what yeah, Why would I, yeah right yeah. like this is it and let's do this and and um yeah i did not sign up for this and yeah. <laughs> and my kids didn't either no. and you know my kids have really ever like never wanted for anything in life right like, they've had everything they need they've had love and attention and you know these relationships and food and clothes and then like it's hard because now all these years later, um, people say, how are the kids? And before I was like, they're fine. They're fine. Oh yeah. They're great. Resilient. Yeah. yeah. But now I'm like, oh, okay. Well, this is, I see mistrust in this child. I see this and this child and this, yeah, yeah. and I see these things like, and it's, it's a little bit, um, interesting as it's more, uh, I've been thinking about it since talking about doing this podcast and, and thinking about these things. Oh, I've kind of pushed it away and become numb over it. I've numbed because it was easy. And there are some things that still need to be dealt with. Yeah. Right. You know, but yeah. then, it, and, and then other times I forget, like we went on a vacation and we had to get um, permission and we had to provide our itinerary and everything because he can't leave Calgary with an 80 um, radius, 80 kilometer radius around. Uh -huh. So like we can go to Canmore, we can't go to Banff. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like, yeah, there's these things and, and we often forget and yeah. Yeah. The ramifications now for years to come of him doing this mm -hmm. is going to affect you and the kids. And like you said, your travel plans or, or things like that. You can't volunteer at school. Right. Right. And can and you? So I can. Okay. Right. And I was worried about that, but the school was so good Yeah. yeah. and I can volunteer. I can volunteer at casinos and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And it's just like. And they're, they're not like, watch, watch that girl. Yeah. Well, I, I wondered about that. If they're going to be like, well, watch her, you know, her husband. Maybe, maybe don't let her count the money. I don't know. <laughs> but I wondered about that. Or when you go to friends' houses, are they going to be like, is he going to rob me? Absolutely. Right. Is he yeah. going to dive into my purse? Like, I worry about that for him. Yes. Of people thinking, and we, we did lose some friends, but we gained a lot more than we I was going to ask you that, you know, did you lose friends? Did you lose family members or? Um, yeah, we lo lost a friend. I had a friend tell me I was a really shitty friend. Oh. Like, yeah, I was like, yeah, actually I am. And I'm going to be for the next little while. So sign on for that or. Or goodbye. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't talk to her after that day. I was like, I'm sorry. Wow. Like, yeah, I am a shitty friend because this is what I'm going through. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't spoken to her since. So, oh, wow. and how's like, it been bye. with like the kids' friends' parents? Like, do they oh, know? That was there... super fun. Yeah, that was super fun because it's like, oh, does so and so want to come for a sleepover? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, here's my situation. By the way, my like, how much do you prison? need to disclose? Yeah, and and that's true. And then when he's home, so we, I told my friends, and and it was almost like unanimous. They would, they cried. Yeah, my friends cried for me. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was like beautiful in a sense, but then there's always like the PTA mom that yes. says, sends me a text and says, by the way, Allison said this. And I was like, Oh, cause do your kids know what happened? Do your kids have that? Yeah. We didn't want to keep anything from them. That's we, had important. we had family members beg us to just tell them that he was going away for work. 
oh. and hide it all. Yeah. But we would be robbing them of the growth of it all. And we told them and they came to visit. They came to the remand center. Yeah. Um, and those are icky things. Right. So, um, yeah. Why don't you talk a bit about like, what does visiting your husband in prison look like? Sorry. Can I just cut in for, yeah. that for a second with the kids? Um, I think it's really important um, that you didn't keep it, you know, uh, a kind of dirty little secret, especially when there's mental health involved, because they can see the evolution of, mm-hmm. you know, this is what's happened. Dad was feeling this way he made these decisions and now he has gotten help and he's paying for his crimes. And this is kind of what the end is. So I think that's really important for them to see, like you said, the whole evolution of, of it. Um, And of course there's going to be um, trauma maybe there, but then you can work through that and you can do counseling and things like that to, to help them, but for them to understand the mental health, aspect of it and to know that this isn't a shameful thing that this is something that you know needs to be worked through and that if you struggle in this way this is how we're going to handle it we're not going to shut you out we're not going to hide you we're not going to pretend that it's not happening that's that's a really big deal yeah yeah it it was and the only thing that we weren't like truthful about is four year sentence yeah because we knew that it was going to be less time Mm -hmm. and that's the thing that we took as a risk we sort of told them that he'll be out in like 10 months right because we knew that he could possibly be i mean that would be really scary for a child to know that you know i'm yeah. not gonna see my dad for four years that's a huge deal. yeah so we didn't tell them that we just yeah told them what we anticipated and thank goodness it came true and he was out after 11 months and it worked out because i don't think they could have handled like over oh, four years that's just but you know what through all of this I knew that it came to an end. Yeah. I knew that I would have him in the end. And I was so grateful for that because there's people that were going through so many things and like cancer for their daughter and different things like that. And I knew my situation would end and get better. Yeah. When you don't know what the end looks like. Yeah. Yeah. It's so unknown and, uh, and like definite. And I just, I knew there was more after. And that's the thing that I, that kept me going and I held on to that and, I'm really grateful I had that because not everybody does. Yeah. And, and you can, you can see that, you know, you can make plans. You can make plans that when he is back, this is what we can do. And this Mm -hmm. is how we can better things. And these are the different decisions that we can make and, and things like that. And that's, that's really good. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And And of course you went through something so traumatic and I'm sure he did too, you know, Mm -hmm. in being in jail and being away from his family, that's huge, but I'm sure he probably held on to that as well, that he knew that, you'd be back yeah absolutely everything could get better again like the first time i went to visit him at the remand when he had just gone from court to there um i remember i had to call for like three hours i couldn't get through and it's like if you don't call first thing you don't get like a visit and certain units meet on certain times and and it was really tricky and then i had to get child care and thankfully i had two best friends um that came and stayed with me for two weeks. I wasn't yeah. alone. They came up from Edmonton and that was great. Um, but like, I remember I finally got this visit. I show up there, I'm nervous, I'm everything. And I had switched purses and I didn't bring my wallet and I didn't have my ID. Oh no. And they didn't let me in. And I, the man was so unkind. He was oh. awful. And uh, I didn't, they wouldn't let me in. And I missed my visiting time. And so on the other side of it, if visitors don't show up for you, they can pull that. So it's just yeah. like, yeah. I'm not going to win. But when he was finally in Drumheller, 
we would go for the visit and it was so like bizarre we it's like we didn't even really know what was going on we'd take off our shoes and put them through the scanner and they they'd take this swab the ion scanner the infamous ion scanner that has had so many things about it and they yeah. like swab something random on your head or something and yeah. test you for drugs yeah um and or you're taking your kids who love dogs into the prison you have to stand on this black dot and let the dog sniff you without petting them uh, and i remember the officer yelling at us and i'm like well he's shoving his nose in my son's hand like yeah you know but then god forbid if this dog sits yeah then we're screwed they take the visits away and there have been false things and yeah um yeah so then like getting in and and you put your wallet in a certain little thing and uh, you get a key and then you go to your visit and you have like it's so bizarre um for preparation i would um clean my whole body i would have clean clothes i would boil my money the night before put it in a ziploc bag because if they tested that money and it had something on it, well, yeah. I knew it wasn't coming from me. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And so I smelt of lemon juice all the time. I had yeah. a concoction of um, warm water and lemon juice and I would put cloths in it and I would bring a cloth with me and I would pull over on the highway and I would do my seatbelt and everything. Wow. It was intense. And you're washing your kids' hands and like... It was crazy. And then you sit across from them at a table and you're not allowed to have a lot of touch and interaction. And there's other people visiting and you don't know who these criminals are because you assume that your criminal is just different than the other. You're like, mine is good. But then you see some of these and you're like, whoa, and it's scary. Yeah. And the officers are scary. And uh, the kids area was scary. It was filthy. And I was like, oh my gosh. Um, And some of these people visiting are scary yeah, and yeah. um yeah. yeah so that's interesting and um, how long is the visit for an hour i or? think it was like an hour or two hours but you're sitting at this table in this room i'm trying to keep the kids quiet they're starving all they can have is vending machine food so it's like okay at what point do we give them their pop and their chips so that they're going to be hyper and we have to leave anyways? yeah 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 um and my kids just my kids love vending machines oh. and i'm like i never want to look at another one again yeah, yeah. i would yeah. spend 20 dollars and change in the vending machine every weekend yeah. and and i remember once we went to visit him once he was over in um he was only in um medium security for about three months and then he got moved over to minimum security which is a different um setting and um i remember it was his birthday and we were so excited because the week before we had seen that they put these like cupcake packages of you know like twinkies yeah there's like two cupcakes per package there was that in the vending machine so like all right we're gonna have a birthday party yeah and there was a little yard we could sit in with a swing set and a picnic table. We sat there and had a little like happy birthday to daddy. And oh. we had our little cupcakes from the vending machine oh, that we ate. Gosh. So we made the best of it. And honestly, I look back on these memories and my kids are like, yeah, I remember when we did that. It's so fun. Yeah. Wow. Thinking, yeah. Like you have no idea, but yeah, it was, it was yeah. so fun. And so sweet for them to have those memories be positive. Yeah. You know, I think given their young ages, but you know, 
yeah, it's interesting. Like you look back at it and was like, oh my gosh. Well, that and is... you're looking back at it as, as a mom and all the prep that you have to do ahead of yeah. time. And, you know, you need to make sure that you're clean and they're clean and things that you're bringing in are clean. And that's a really stressful thing. Right. And then they're probably just like, oh, remember when we had the cupcakes in the yard? Yeah. And, and they had fun time. Or like, yeah, you're there, you get there for your visit. You've driven from Edmund or from Calgary to Drumheller and your kid pees their pants in the first 15 minutes. No. I was like, well, what do I do now? Yeah. 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 Like, we came for this visit. You can't leave and come back. No. You're done. And I remember one time a friend dropped me off and took my kids so I could visit alone. And I walked up the hill through the prison, through minimum security, and stood outside the gate. And I look back now thinking, wow, that was sketchy. And I remember somebody came out and a guard was having a cigarette and probably checking what I was doing. Yeah. And was kind of asking me. And I could have been kicked off those grounds and yeah. everything. Yeah, like, yeah, it was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a whole culture there. It's a whole, like, you line up with your vehicle. Yeah. And drive down and basically rush in. Because you can stand in line for half an hour, 45 minutes before right. you get to your visit. And that cuts into your time. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, one thing that we were really fortunate to have is um, it's called PFV, which is a personal family visit. And they have a little house with a little yard. And they lock you in there for 72 hours. The first time we went. Um, I stopped for gas in a little place called Acme mm -hmm. and um, that's a big no-no. You don't stop for gas. There's something on the gas pump handle. I don't know. Oh. I also had a rental vehicle. Um, there could have been on the keys. They tested my keys and they're like, yeah, you tested positive for narcotics. And me, I'm like, okay, like, I'm like, what are narcotics? <laughs> <laughs> what? Like medicine yeah. or something? Like, yeah. like, no, and you need to go over here. And here we are. I've paid, I've sent him $300 so he can buy groceries for us for 72 hours. He's ready. The kids are excited. We've yeah. got all our stuff. And so they really took pity on us. So I had to go sit in a room alone and be interviewed by the warden. Oh, no. And like, first question he said to me is like, what kind of drugs are you doing? Oh, my gosh. I'm like, what? Ibuprofen? Uh, yeah, ibuprofen. Yeah. I take uh, anti-anxiety medication, and because of this whole situation, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, um, I don't know what you're talking about. They're like, well, where do you go? What do you do? I'm like, I go to church. Mm -hmm. I've got four kids. You saw them, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, well, there's a dog training, um, that we're gonna bring up from downstairs. That was the medium, and he's gonna be here soon, and he's gonna go through your stuff. Oh. And I'm thinking, okay, so if this dog sits down and indicates that there's drugs or something like that, I'm screwed. It's done. And the kids are standing there. We're, we've put so much into do this. They're off school, everything. It was right before Christmas. And the dog sniffed and had no interest. And I remember the handler putting the dog's face and pushing it yeah. towards our stuff. Um, maybe it was part of training, but I was like, leave the dog alone. Let him do his job. Yeah. Yeah. And then you oh get in this gosh. house and there's like a couple toys. Like my kids played with markers yeah. and paper towels. Yeah. And so you were literally in this house for 72 hours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. If that was me, I'd probably have a panic attack. Yeah. What was your reaction? Like to know that you were there and you're like, obviously you can go outside, but if it's winter. But then you have inmates walking by. Oh. Right. So, uh, so you're like, kids don't talk to anybody. <laughs> yeah. So don't talk to anybody. Don't look at anybody. Um, Is there TV? There's TV, yeah, and full cable. Yeah, they get full TV. Wow. Yeah. I remember I being really cable. mad one day because <laughs> I was, like, in the kitchen, and I pulled 
oh, the fridge was leaking and there was water everywhere and all of our produce was ruined. And I remember like reaching to pull um, a handle on one of the drawers and the handle came off my hand. And in my ear, I'm talking to him on the phone. He's like, yeah, I'm going to watch the, like, the second whatever part of this movie, blah, 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 blah. And I was so mad. Like, yeah. don't even. And I hung up on him. Yeah. And that was the last yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm sorry. You go watch your TV because I'm dealing with like a situation and a half right here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. it was yeah. just too much to deal with. Yeah. What does like post-prison look like for like? his mental health how is he what his was job yeah and then like and your relationship like when did the healing start between your relationship well the healing started when he got off the remand center so like that whole time he was able to do all of this like most people just go to prison and he had like over a year the way like court got delayed and stuff and so we did it during that and he was um rehabilitated yeah right so and there's not much more to do um, other than go to prison and basically watch TV. Yeah. Wow. 12 hours a day. But right. he got help within the system? No. No. Oh, oh there's no help. Oh. No. And oh. did you guys do couples counseling and things like that? No. <laughs> they your own he had this mentor and this counselor and he still has him and he met with him and that was one of his conditions to keep meeting with him. And, and he still does does things and he's like doing great mental health wise and, yeah. and everything like that and got help and... Um, yeah, like no like diagnosis. People wanted to know like, well, what was it? What is it? He still doesn't really know. Yeah. And I don't know and I'll never really understand. Yeah. Um, but but that's it. And I joined a group of these wives of prisoners and it was like hugely helpful. Yeah. Um to meet like meet online these women and we're talking about like I don't know, our lives and our husband's lives, and you're like secretly Googling like who they could be, and like yeah. trying to find out. Yeah. And then you're learning all the tricks of the trade and like all this terminology. And I remember I asked a question, I'm like, well, how does that happen? And somebody like private messaged me and was like, you don't ask personally about that or inquire into that. Oh. So just so you know, I know you're naive. This is what that is. And I'm like, oh, I had no idea. Yeah. So There's what some... can you say? Like, what are some of the terminology that you have? There's to... some creative people. I have to say, like, there's, like, women who wear yoga pants with, like, a hole in the cross. What? Yeah, for visits. Like, so that the husband can see it? And play, I guess. Oh. I know, gross, right? There's some things like that. I learned how to boil my money and the lemon juice concoction. Oh. And uh, you learn these things. Because there's no handbook. Like, when your husband goes to jail, <laughs> they don't say, and here, wife, is your handbook. I oh. mean, I'm sure there's guidelines, but there's not no. the, the sneaky stuff that you Yeah, that you the sneaky stuff. Learn, and then you yeah. get, like, one chance to send them in, like, a pen pack, it's called, a package. So you literally have to buy them a TV. You have to buy all these things. I spent, like, almost $500 on it. Then you have to pay shipping for it. Oh but then I don't really know what's to go in it and what can be sent. So I'm talking mm -hmm. to these women and you're allowed like a discman. Like oh, I sent him a discman. Amazing. I know, amazing. I know. I have a bunch of friends and, <laughs> and CDs and like, it's just some weird stuff. Like, and there's these women and they seek, some of these women are in situations. Some of these women have sought out some of these inmates to date. Right. Oh, um, right. yeah. And, I mean, there's currently somebody in the news right now, um, and and we knew the woman who was dating him, and he totally like ghosted her. Well, from he was, prison? Yeah, ghosted her from prison. She's like, I know where you live. <laughs> yeah, 
exactly. <laughs> but she had been sending them money, right? And so, wow. I mean, so that's probably part of it, right? They're, they're mm-hmm. trying to find these women to send the money because yeah. what else are they going to do? Exactly. And then they can just easily turn it off. Like, that's insane to me. Oh, it was crazy. But we're like, uh, you know, it's probably a good thing because yeah. like that guy should really not be dating anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's, then you got, you have to think about the whole mental health behind someone who would want to be with someone. Oh, yeah. Like that, and, right. That's and a the, whole nother other can of worms like and every just... day on on this forum there's like has anybody been married at this institution and how do you yeah. do that and like you're like wishing your friends good luck good luck and like oh how was the wedding and like no. people get married there and they're like excited and this is my dress i'm wearing and the same a guy was supposed to be marrying this woman and she shows up in a wedding dress and she's waiting and he doesn't show up <laughs> like you're being <laughs> stood up at the altar at the prison (laughs) you know you like walk into jail with your wedding gown on and Mm -hmm. and you're just like waiting for your special day and then he's like no i'm good (laughs) well yeah you're like special day whatever however special and sometimes you get you get a 24-hour visit after your wedding Wow. And sometimes you don't. You have to just leave. It's yeah. an hour. Um, and yeah, it's interesting because any inmate can like take your number off of their calling list and right. you're done. You're ghosted. Yeah. You yeah. can't find it, any information about them. Like, wow. it was crazy. And to hear the things, and like, I've heard like people with high profile that have like been in with like and seen like Paul Bernardo. Wow. And stuff. Like, it's like this crazy culture. I'm, I'm removed from it now. And did your husband make any friends in jail? Uh, yeah. Is yeah. he still connected with those people? Yeah, a few of them are still in jail. A few of them have come out. Um, I'd say there's one he just met for coffee the other night with. You have to have those friendships approved while you're on parole. Right. right. Um, but I'd say two or three of them have gone back. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah. And um, you meet some really stupid people. You're yeah. like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But there's one that's been in there for life, and and he um, hasn't written for a while, but we're in touch with his wife. Oh, So it's okay. kind of neat. We've, yeah. like, sat and played cards with, like, other inmates and stuff, and, like, you just realize people are human. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's like you you picture these criminals in there, you know, but at... I mean, and some of them are. Yeah. Like the scary but they have wives and children and yeah. partners and stories, you know? Uh-huh. Or... You know, like, I remember him saying, like, yeah, so-and-so had a personal family visit. That wasn't his wife. <gasps> oh, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, wow, you know, that's crazy about these things. But then yeah. you heard about the funny things and, like, the baking and the recipes that he would figure out. And Wow. Yeah, it's a whole culture. And one day I'll write a book. Uh, yeah. If I have time. And so, like, what is life like now? You, you know, he... Day to day, everything. Yeah. He goes to work and... He runs men's group for, you know, um, at a church and oh, nice. and people with different stories. And I go to ladies Bible study and I, we're with the kids and everything's the same. Yeah. Nothing's different. I mean, there's little things that creep in every once in a while. Like um, my daughter wanted to say goodbye every time he left the house, whether right. he went to his truck and came back or not. Yeah. And, and, you know, that comes from a fear of him leaving. Like, yeah all of a sudden and different things like that creep up but like overall we're just like I didn't sign up for this but yeah. you know like 
it's just, it this is out. what your life is and and you have to yeah adapt and you have to and yeah and you've got these memories and you've got these kind of funny things that come up right and i'd eventually like like to start some sort of a support for some women and stuff like yeah that. that's amazing i've just been so busy in that and, and yeah. uh yeah. and what, like is there something like what's your biggest takeaway that you learned about yourself that i could do stuff yeah yeah that you're resilient yeah, yeah. i was resilient and and i was very good at numbing yeah because we do we're humans we have to numb and yeah. uh pushing it away and I was resilient and I did it and um, I remember the whole time I hated when people would say oh you're so strong I don't know how you can do this and it's like I didn't have a choice yeah I did not sign up for this that yeah is literally my everyday life mm -hmm. you're so strong I don't know how you do this and I'm like you have to you don't know until you're in the situation mm -hmm. how you're going to handle it and especially when you have kids you just have to do it and you have to keep going right and you know what i remember feeling really um confused because i'm like i know there's so many people in prison where are their families yeah why do we have to hide yeah 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 why yeah and like i had to have conversations with teachers yeah and i had to be like okay we're gone this week because we're going to visit my husband in prison but then you have to think like we can't be the only person having this conversation with i you, know you know and i think like Life is easier if you do it with other people. Yeah. yeah. You guys know that. Yeah. And and I just wanted to journey this life with other people yeah. because it's there and it's happening whether I like it or not. And, and it's messy and it's complicated and oh, it's and it's everybody. It's yeah. not just you. It's not just us. I mean, everybody has a story and it's mm -hmm. you know, there's no there shouldn't be shame in it. And no shame. Yeah. we need to talk about it so other people feel like, you know, they can relate and they can feel like other people are going through it too. We are so messy and I wish people would just admit we're all messy and just mm -hmm. enjoy it. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. we have no choice. Absolutely. What's the alternative? Absolutely. You laugh at it or you cry. Yeah. 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 And it's oh. way more fun to laugh. But don't rob banks. No. <laughs> it's not like I mean, <laughs> Guys, if we could give you one takeaway, <laughs> just don't rob banks. Just don't do it. Michelle. Carlin. We flipping did it. We did it. That was our first episode. Thank you to everybody who's listening to this right now. Thank you. And thank you to Christy for sharing that story with us. Um, it was so incredible. So brave and so important and just crazy. Yeah. I can't believe it. Yeah. Um, so subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. Follow us on social media. Instagram at I did not sign up for this dot podcast and Facebook. I did not sign up for this. Uh, share this with your friends everywhere. Everywhere. And if you liked this episode and if you like us, write us an iTunes review. Keep a thumb on that pulse. Whoa. Because things are happening. Things are happening. Um, okay, bye. Bye. bye.